for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This morning we're going to talk about fasting. And for the last two weeks in this series, the, the first week, for those of you who, who weren't here, well, the first week we talked about the Bible, its application in our lives, and how we can, we can, we can feed on it how, how it, uh, how it teaches us, how it corrects us, rebukes us, um, and all of those things that, that God's Word is intended to do in our lives. And, and the basic uh, conclusion that we came to, at least our Bible study did, is that, that bottom line, we just need to read it. That's a great place to start, is, is to read it. And, and I hope that you have been um, watching the videos along with us um, that are available on the website. Go to the Soul Conditioning tab and you can watch that. They're about 12 or 13 minutes long. Pastor Ty puts them together. Um, they've been great. I appreciate the work that he has put into that and, uh, and how that's been leading our Bible studies along. If you haven't found a Bible study yet uh, and you would be interested in, in being one, talk to Pastor Ty or myself and we'll try and find one that meets on a night when, when, you, can, when you can meet. We have four weeks left. Um, it's weird, too. We just started this, it seems like, last week. But uh, we talked about Bible application. Last week, we talked about prayer. Um, what is prayer? And uh, we talked about what that looks like in, in our own lives. And, and we learned from Jesus himself when he taught the disciples. And he said, this is how you should pray. And, and we, we talked about there were two parts to that prayer. The fact that he is worthy and that we are needy. And, and that it's, it, it would be a good thing for us to begin that way, to kind of retrain ourselves in our prayers instead of just immediately sitting before the Lord and, and giving Him our list of wants and needs and, and things that we want Him to do for us. And we start with the fact that He is worthy and we worship Him and, and, and we thank Him for all that He's done in our lives. And, and then we move on to the fact that, that we are needy and, and He commands us to that. But uh, exercises that, that help in making our soul healthy. And this morning, we're going to talk about fasting. Now, in my family, we have four vehicles, okay? Nothing fancy, trust me. Um, but, but we have four vehicles, and every one of those vehicles is a manual transmission, okay? Now, have you ever driven a manual transmission all your life and then got into another car that's an automatic and have something happen to you? You know, you're, dry, you're, you're just starting out, and you reach down to push the clutch in to shift gears, and you hit the brake instead, and you get thrown forward, and it's like a seatbelt check, and everybody in your car screams and yells and, and gets upset. It's like, sorry, sorry, thought it was a manual, right? Has that ever happened to anybody, or am I the only? Okay, good, good, there's a few hands out there. Um, well, there's another aspect about the vehicles in the Anderson family that can pose a problem sometimes. You see, the pickup that we have is a four-speed. The blue car and the red car are five-speeds, and the newer car is a six-speed. So, um, Sarah, we were just talking about this the other day. I'm, when we were talking about this illustration, she's like, yeah, I drove the pickup, and I kept trying to get it into fifth gear, and it wouldn't go, because it doesn't have one, right? 
Or I'll be driving the, the Fusion and we'll be driving down the highway and, and I'll be noticing, and I watch this constantly, I'll be noticing the miles per gallon because I'm trying to get you know, really good gas mileage as best I can and, and uh, coasting down the hills and that sort of thing um, once in a while. And, and I'm noticing it going down and I'm like, why am I getting worse gas mileage? And then I recognize that I'm in fifth gear instead of sixth gear. So I shifted into overdrive. All things are good. The, the point I want to make with that il- illustration is that, that in our lives, we can get into sort of a routine or get into the zone where we just kind of put it on autopilot and, and we don't recognize things that are happening in our life. Um, and, and I think as we look at this uh, exercise of fasting this morning, we're going to see that it can be an aid in our spiritual life to kind of shake things up a little bit so that we're intentionally seeking the Lord. You know, there, there are many things that in our lives that grab our attention, aren't there? Um, in, in fact, it, it's unfortunate that many of those things, those activities that we are involved in or the things that we prioritize in our life become masters in our life. Um, now, this has been a difficult subject for us. Um, we, we wrestled with what is fasting and are we commanded to do it and different things like that. And, and what, is, what is fasting not? And, and uh, as, as we, we talked about that, the, def, the two definitions that we came up with were this. Um, fasting is simply the intentional withholding of something in our life to make room for something else. The intentional withholding of something in our life to make room for something else. And as we were talking about that, um, you know, the biblical example, as we're going to be seeing, is fasting from food. And, and there are many people out there that, that you know, um, Lent is sort of a, 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 it, it's a, it's a fast is what that is. And people always say, well, what are you giving up for Lent? And it's not just food. Um, there might be something else in your life that, that they give up for, for Lent. And uh, so there are other things that, that we could give up with, that we could give up. And the illustration is food in the Bible. And as we looked at that, what else was there to give up in the Bible? You know, they, they didn't have media. They didn't have books. They, they didn't have television. They didn't have a lot of the things that we have in our life that, that can take the, the space in our life that God wants to have and replace it with that. And, and one of the things that was mentioned in our discussion was sports. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 wait a minute, right? Let's not get too personal here. And I decided that, if I, that I would be willing to fast sports, okay, after football season. <laughs> right? I mean, I, and, and the question has to be asked. We have to ask that question in our, in our lives. Is there something that is mastering my time over and above God? And if there is, just, just maybe He might speak to you today and say that, that maybe this exercise of fasting might be something that you do in the next couple weeks or months in regards to that thing to create that space for God to actually speak to you and for you to actually hear what He's saying to you about that particular uh, event or thing, whatever it might be. Uh, I mean, we, we have those big events in our lives, you know, like a, a wedding or a wedding reception or a family vacation to Hawaii that, that take big chunks of time and planning in our lives. And we think about those things a lot. I don't think I'm talking about those. Those are seasons of time. 
um, that, that we are involved in those. What, what I think we're talking about this, this morning are those smaller, and I would say not very significant things that can become our daily masters. Uh, so, our lives need to be shaken up. We need to think specifically about what's going on because we can get into ruts and we can get into routines and we can, we can just you know, be going along in fourth gear when actually there's two more gears to go and we just don't recognize it. So um, as we look at this uh, thing of fasting, uh, let me give you a couple things that fasting is not real quick. The purpose of fasting is not to persuade God to love us more. Okay, that's not what fasting is about. It's not to persuade God to love us more, or it's not to manipulate Him into doing what we want Him to do. That's not why, oh God, I'm, I'm giving this extra effort, I'm really showing you that I'm serious about this, so, so you're going to hear me more, or something like that. That's not, that is not what fasting is all about. Fasting is intentionally desi- denying a desire so that in its absence we can seek God for a specific purpose. It's intentionally denying a desire so that in its absence we can seek God for a specific purpose. Let's, let's look at biblical examples of fasting, okay? Um, turn with me to Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. Exodus 34, 28. I'm going to move rapidly. I hope that you can keep up. Um, Exodus 34, verse 28. And the first biblical example we have of fasting is Moses. Exodus 34, verse 28. Moses was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights without eating bread or drinking water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Now, the context of this is it's his second time on the mountain. He's already been up the first time. He's already brought down the tablets. The people had fashioned a golden calf. Uh, he lost his cool, broke the tablets on the ground in anger, and then later he goes back up onto the mountain again, and God speaks to him again, and he's there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's there without eating bread or drinking water in the presence of the Lord. Now, medically, that was an amazing thing, to go 40 days without water. Uh, I, I, and, and I want to say to you, and Pastor Ty is going to talk about this in the video, that, that, that we need to be careful when we're fasting. You know, if, if, if you're going to fast from food, um, you, you need to come before the Lord and you need to do that carefully. You know, I would think that if you're diabetic, fasting from food for a long period of time is, would not be a good idea. But maybe there's something else that you could fast from in, in intentionally seeking the Lord. But regardless, Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And as I think about that, um, Moses is on a mountain, right? He's on this mountain by himself with the Lord. Well, he's on this mountain with the Lord. He's not by himself, but there are no other humans with him. And if you've ever gone to a mountain by yourself and you're going to be there for a long period of time, you don't just take yourself, do you? No, you pack up a trailer, Right? And you've got to take a tent, and you've got to take a cook stove, and you've got to take things to carry water and, and, and wood and all of that. And, and just think about that. Um, those things would have taken all of that time for Moses to, to, to care for himself while he's on this mountain. And that would have taken time away from his interaction with the Lord. But instead, for 40 days and 40 nights, all he had was himself in the presence of God. And, and I think that's one, uh, one of the reasons why fasting is a good thing. It, it, it creates that time and that space in our life 
to seek God for something specific. Another biblical example, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 12. Go forward a couple books. 2 Samuel chapter 12. And the context of this passage is, is a conversation with Nathan the prophet. David has already committed adultery with Bathsheba. The child has been born. David has killed, had, had Uriah killed. Trying to hide it, trying to live his life as if none of that happened. And the prophet Nathan comes to David and says, Hey, guess what? There's something in your life that you need to deal with. Okay, And we see here in verses 16 through 23 what David does. Uh, actually, let's look at, uh, start, start in verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into the house and spent the nights lying on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. David is fasting. He's fasting on behalf and before God for the life of his child. And we know in the end that if fasting were a way to manipulate God into doing what we wanted Him to do, David's son would have lived. But he didn't because God's answer for that prayer was no. And, and then we see that David, after this experience, and he finds out that his son is dead, what does he do? He cleans himself up. He stops the fast. And he, and he, and he continues on with his life. But that is a biblical example of Fasting, And then uh, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. Let's begin reading in verse 1, actually. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Okay? He's being led into the, into the desert for a specific purpose. He's going to be tempted by the devil. And then it says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Okay? That's an amazing, simple statement to me. Um, wow. I'm sure he was very hungry after 40 days. And, and really, kind of in a weak state. Um, but in that time, again, if we think about the situation with Moses... Um, out in the wilderness, the time that Jesus would have had to been spending cooking and, and, and keeping his, his whatever he was going to use, his pots clean and finding wood for fire and keeping the fire going. All of that time was now, in those 40 days, spent in relationship and in seeking the Lord. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then, um, go forward a couple chapters to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to begin in verse 16, which is following uh, what we looked at last week when Jesus said, disciples, this is how you should pray. And then he followed that up with this passage right here. Uh, a question that I asked myself this week was, does the Bible command us to fast? Uh, if, 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 if you or I don't fast, have we committed a sin? D does the Bible command us to sin? And, and, and I tried to find that answer. And 
And the only thing that I can find is this, that a case can be made that in the Old Testament, the Jews were commanded to fast on the Day of Atonement. Now, it's not real, a real specific command, okay? So, so wrestle with me on this a little bit here this morning. Um, it says in Leviticus chapter 16, in reference to the Day of Atonement, that all the people were to humble their souls. Okay, other translations translate that as they were to deny themselves. Okay, they were to deny themselves. And, and the way that the Israelites um, did that, the way that they denied themselves, was to deny themselves from food as well. On that day, as in reference to the Day of Atonement. They forsook food as an act of self-denial. This was a national fast. Every woman, man, child, boy, girl fasted. Uh, but it occurred only one time a year and then only as an integral part of the Day of Atonement. Nowhere else can I find, and, and I stand to be corrected if, if you can correct me on this, do I find anywhere else in the Bible where it says that we are commanded to fast? Okay? Now, having said that, okay, uh, I believe that Jesus in speaking with the disciples in this chapter that we're looking at, has the expectation that we would. Not that it's a command, but that we would. And, and this is why. Look at, look at uh, verse 16 there, Matthew chapter 16. The first three words that Jesus says there are, when you fast. Okay, Jesus didn't say, if you fast, or someday, you know, think about fasting. He says, when you fast. So, as I read this, Jesus just has this assumption, this, this expectation that, that someday we would fast. Okay, the disciples. He says, when you fast. And then he goes on to say, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are, all, they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, there it is again, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus is saying, look, when you fast, okay, don't, don't, don't put on a show. You know, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers, they were great at putting on shows. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. This isn't for other people to see that you're doing this. There were times when people were in, in extreme mourning, that they would tear their clothes, that they would put on sackcloth, that they would sit in ashes, that they would pour dust on their heads. And, and that was a, a sign of mourning. It's like, hey, everybody, I am suffering. And people could gather around that person and, and support them and that sort of thing. Jesus is saying, no, when you are fasting, it's not like that at all. It, it, it's a big... It, it's attitude. It's your attitude. It's between you and God. I'm sorry. Matthew 6, 6. That's what I said. Oh, wow. It's right in my notes. Sorry. Matthew 6, 16. Okay. Are we there? Is that better? Does that look better, dear? All right. Okay. We're on the same page now. Um, you know, Jesus is saying it's, it's, it's attitude. Um, we don't... Some, sometimes people do things so that other people will say, oh, well, look at that person. They're all spiritual. You know, Jesus is like, no, that's, that's, that has nothing to do with this. It's between you and me. 
It's between you and me. And, and this fast that you're doing is putting you in a place and where, where you are removing some of the distractions in our relationship. And, and you're coming to me specifically intentionally for something. And, and I'm going to speak to you through this. Um, Jesus mentions that, that um, they should put oil on their head and wash their face. That, that's not an anointing of oil as such. That is just caring for yourself. That, that is what, you know, slick your hair back. You know, make yourself look normal. Make yourself um, not, don't, don't let people uh, on that, that you are fasting. So the, the attitude that we should have is when fasting is one of humility and personal connection uh, with God. It's not an outward show, but, but it's inward. Um, now, let's look at some of the biblical pur- purposes that we see in, in Scripture of fasting. Uh, not only is fasting another tool or an exercise that we can use in conditioning our soul, there are various reasons that we can see in Scripture uh, that, that are used in the Bible as far as fasting is concerned. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6. Um, we see that um, Samuel has subdued the Philistines. The Philistines had the Ark of the Covenant for a period of time, and now, uh, because of disobedience of Israel, and now Israel has the Ark of the Covenant back. And, and we read here that, that they're all assembled, and the people respond this way. It says in verse 6, When they had assembled, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, we have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel was leader of Israel at Mizpah. So they fasted for this specific reason, and it was a sign of repentance. They were confessing. So that is an exercise that we can participate in, in confessing something in our lives. Is a fast. Um, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 16-23, through 23, we looked at that. That was David fasting. Um, crying out to the Lord. Fasting can be an aid in prayer. If there's something that, that, that's really concerning you and you really want to spend a, a concerted amount of time praying for that thing, let's say that, that you were going to fast tomorrow and, and you were going to pray for this specific thing. What that does is it shakes up your routine. Those moments of the day when you would normally be eating if it's a, if it's a food fast, when you're thinking, I'm hungry, what does your mind go to? Oh yeah, I'm praying and seeking the Lord for this. When, when, when you have that hour uh, in the morning and in the afternoon and in the evening that you would normally spend eating or preparing a meal, it, gives, it, it frees up that moment and that time for you to continue to seek the Lord for a specific thing and aid in prayer. It is also a sign of grief or mourning. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we see... <clears throat> We see Hannah, who has been barren, uh, getting on her knees before the Lord and, and crying out to Him. In fact, the reason that she's doing this is because the other woman is, is, uh, is, is irritating her, provoking her. Verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Every time they would go up to the temple to pray and, and offer the sacrifice, she would get this. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. And then we see later her crying out to the Lord. We read those in our small groups this last week. The prayer that she had before the Lord God, crying out. 
It can be a sign of grief or mourning. It can also be a part of experiencing God's presence. In Luke chapter 4, verse 2, we already looked at it. Jesus is fasting for 40 days in the presence of the Father. And, and uh, we experience God's presence in those times. One thing that we need to remember is that in a time of fasting, we are, we are making ourselves weaker if it's a food fast, for sure. And, and we need to recognize that going in, and we need to rely on the power of the Lord in the process of that. Jesus was in a very vulnerable situation, and he was, he was hungry. As I said, the understatement of the year. Finally, fasting is this. It's a means of guarding against being mastered by the appetites of the physical body. And I think this is probably one of the main um, descriptions or one of the main specific things I think of when it comes to, to fasting. Taking the focus off of a physical need that we have and taking that time and that priority and putting it in seeking after the presence of God. First um, Corinthians chapter nine, verses twenty-four to twenty-seven. First Corinthians chapter nine. Verses twenty-four through twenty-seven. This is Paul, and Paul says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Interesting, he would be using a race and competition and exercise uh, in, in this illustration as we are talking about soul conditioning. Run, he says, in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. Metals deteriorate and they get stuck in drawers and we forget about them over time, Paul says. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul um, would use a fast in, in the way to help guard his life against being mastered by the appetites of the world. Because he realizes that there are things in our life that can become our master, that can rule over us. And we need to surrender those to our Lord Jesus Christ. And training is a, is a large part of that. These exercises that we're covering, fasting is one of those exercises. And then, and then finally, number three, let's, let's look quickly at three results of fasting. Three results of fasting. The first one is this. It removes things that are obscuring God. It removes things that are obscuring God. There, there are so many. I mean, just think about your own schedule and, and the process of that routine and, and, and then honestly evaluate how many times you think about God or commune with, with Him throughout the course of that day. And if it's not much, then there needs to be a shake-up in the schedule. And fasting is one of those things that can do that. Television shows. You know, attention takers. Movies, media in general. There, there are messages that are going in our minds that are, that are nudging out the truth of God. How many 
parents have had, how many of you parents have had your kids say, but mom or dad, I don't listen to the words. Right? I just like the beat. I just like the melody. I just like how it sounds. Well, all of you kids, students, I've been there. I've been there. I've said those words. And they're not true. They just aren't true. If you listen to the same thing over and over and over and over again, it chips away your values. It chips away what you know to be true. It, it just does. The sheer amount that we expose ourselves, uh, of things that we expose ourselves to, can obscure God. And, and lest I be harsh on the kids and not on the parents... What about the television that you watch? What about the movies that you expose yourself to? Week after week after week. What kind of messages are you, is your head getting from those things? And, and what kinds of things are those chipping away? Because I'm telling you, the agenda of Hollywood is big. And they're really good at what they do. And it chips away and it chips away and it chips away. So maybe, maybe you need to fast from, from a series, a TV series. Maybe... This morning, you're kind of thinking, wow, you know, the Holy Spirit's kind of grabbing you, saying, hey, what about this thing? Maybe you need to start there. Uh, have you ever talked to someone who recently underwent cataract surgery? You know, when you have a cataract, it, it, it grows over time, and what it does is it becomes this film, this, this kind of, it's like tinting on your car windows, right? And it just gets darker and darker and darker. I just talked to somebody a few days ago who had cataract surgery on one eye. His other eye was great, you know, supposedly. This eye was terrible. And they said, so we'll do this eye first. And, and they did this eye, and he said, it is unreal. The change. I see things clearly. I see colors. I see clarity. I see definition. And the eye that they said was good, it's not very good. He's going to get that one done after this one is... But that's what happens in our spiritual life over time. Okay? This film begins to grow and it gets clouded and it gets clouded and, and, and we get further and further and further away from the Lord. And what, what, what fasting can do is it can change, it can shake things up so that we see clearly. It removes things that obscure God. It also shakes up our routines. We get comfortable we need to shift out of fifth into sixth because now we know there are six gears. Get off of autopilot. Fasting removes things that are obscuring God. It shakes up our routines and finally it makes room for inward renewal. It makes room for inward renewal. Um, Luke chapter 11, verse 10. It's going to be on the screen for you here this morning as we close. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be open. Jesus is saying, call out to me. Okay, and, and if we're letting all of this routine and all of these other things crowd all of that out, and we're not even asking in the first place, what did James say? You have not because you ask not. Seek Him. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16, 17, and 18. Maybe you would meditate on this this week. Therefore, we do not lose heart 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And in the process of the exercise of a fast, we are opening up those things that are unseen to the Lord. And we, we, are, we are saying, Lord, speak to me in those ways. It's, it's an eternal, internal renewal. Fasting is a way that we can forego or not focus on what is seen but open up that time and space to be able to see what is not. To have Him speak that to us. I, I think it's interesting that Rome had his dream while in a seminary class. When you said that, you said, I had this dream in a, when I was in a Bible school class. I thought, wow, you know, sleeping students, good things can happen, right? But you could have just kind of said, ah, you know... But you're in, you're in Bible school. You're, you're seeking the Lord probably more now than you ever have before. And you, 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 you have this dream. And, and then you begin this conversation. And, and that would have been a perfect opportunity to, to maybe fast. I don't, you didn't say if you did or didn't. doesn't matter. But to ask the Lord, is this, is this you? Is this from you? And, and to open up that space in our life to really truly see that. Now, fasting isn't magical. It's, it's, it doesn't persuade God to love us more or manipulate Him into doing our will. But it's simply intentionally denying a desire so that in its absence we can seek God for a specific purpose. And, and I would ask that maybe you would, maybe this is an exercise that you could try in your life to seek the Lord for something intentional. Uh, Ty, come up and let's uh, let's close our service with a final song and the taking of our offering. And uh, if you would, if you're a guest, don't feel any obligation to put anything in the offering plate this morning. Uh, again, remember that that Rome and and party will be out there in the uh, uh, foyer to uh, to accept any uh, donations that you would have to purchase Bibles. Um, also, if you would be have questions for them as far as what does a Gideon do, you know, like during the week or on the weekends or things like that, you know, um, you can ask those guys that question. Um, don't forget to stop by the, the Thanksgiving meal table and, and have a great week. Have a great week. Let me, let me just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank you for, for being such an incredible God. Uh, a God that doesn't just, just lord over us and, and strong arm us, and, uh, but a God that truly desires for us to seek you. And, and Lord, I pray as we continue through this series that, that as we talk about, about disciplines, about exercises that we see in Scripture, uh, to, to, to put ourselves before you, to allow you to speak into our lives, Lord, I just pray that we would continue to do that. We would continue to, to seek you and be committed to that. And oh Lord, I pray that you would continue to use the people in this room and the people that are a part of this church who aren't here today as evangelists in the lives of other people. Oh, Lord, may we, may we speak truth when we have the opportunity. We may, may we share a story about you when we have the opportunity to be a part of the process of the salvation of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll invite you to stand to your feet as we close with this.